Hoody ho! Hey guys, we are back with episode 23. I'm recording some of these ahead of time, um, but I'm starting to find a lot of great people to interview, and um, it's a really good look for people with disabilities, and I'm so happy this is kind of coming together, um, you know, kind of finding what my passion is starting to become here, and this is it's turned into something that I didn't see coming, and that's great. And um, so I want to thank my my good friend Joel, who we've become a lot closer and gotten to know each other. And, you know, we're just going to support each other and be friends. And, you know, that's what matters. And we need to stick together, people in general, but especially people with disabilities. And uh, this was a great, not only an interview, but just a great conversation between two people who never talked on the phone ever, but just kind of hit it off because of we come from the same side or or whatever you want to call it you know we both know what it's like to feel the pressure of what life can do to you and um it, it was a really great interview and i'm very thankful to have met him and we're going to stay friends after this and before this and during and all the other times um so yeah please welcome my good buddy joel hello Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how are you? I'm good. It's Joel, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, yeah, why don't you just tell people just a little about you because, you know, I'm just meeting you for the first time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So, uh, my name's Joel Cooper. Um, I was born with spina bifida myelomeningocele, which is like um, when you're born, the there's a hole in your back. Either there's a hole or there's a... Uh, kind of a lump on the back that they would have to take out and uh then it leaves the hole and they sew it back up and it kind of ruins your nerves um so I was born with that and then um as I got older I uh got into weightlifting and you know started my personal training business that I have now called Lionhouse Fitness um to help people with spina bifida like myself and other disabilities right okay so you were it is something you're born with right yeah Okay, so what's what was some of the, you know, I guess trials and tribulations? What what were some of the problems you had, especially as a child, uh, uh, overcoming it? Yeah, so one of the biggest ones was when I was younger, they weren't sure if I was going to walk because of the spina bifida. So um, for the longest time, they had trouble uh, trying to get me to walk. They tried walkers, they tried leg braces, they tried everything. So I was kind of late with walking. And then one day um, I got up and started walking around my living room coffee table when I was younger. Oh, okay. And so then um, just from there on, they finally realized that they were wrong, that doctors are wrong, and I was able to walk. Uh-huh. Um, so starting from there, that was one of the biggest ones. And then as I got older, um, kind of being different in school because of the spina bifida and, you know, people not really understanding everything that's different about spina spina bifida um i dealt with a lot of bullying and um that sort of thing and kind of being outcasted by everybody right and then Uh, um, before uh, you go on the next thing sorry um now were you i get him please no i'm not trying to be insensitive but were you on uh crutches were you in a wheelchair like how what was the obvious imagery that made people look at you as you were different yeah so for you know, since I started walking, I've had to walk with leg braces because I have a 
it's called a gate, like where your hip kind of goes back in and back out. Um, and my, uh, my calves are, they don't have muscles in my calves. So it kind of helps with that as well and balance and that sort of thing. So I've just used like races. Right. Okay. So yeah, you're in school being bullied. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought you were going somewhere else with it. I'm sorry. I just cut Oh, no, off, it's okay. But... Um, then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, once I started my uh, personal training business, one of the biggest things was being taken seriously as a, a strength coach with spina bifida because, like, I know normal people, like able-bodied people, when they might see a strength coach, they think of someone that's, you know, strong, not someone that, you know, ha- would have this downfall, like leg braces or, you know, weak muscles and that sort of thing. So once I started that, it was, you know, being taken seriously and trying to find the right people to work with and, you know, whether they had spina bifida or not. What, uh, so what, what were your first, like, what made you want to get into that? Yeah. So, um, I had a next door neighbor actually, um, in high school, I was wanting to take a personal training class, like where you lift weights and that sort of thing. It was like a fitness class that they offered. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was able to do it. I didn't feel confident enough because of the spina bifida and I didn't feel like I would be able to keep up with everybody because they were all, um, football players and athletes and that sort of thing. But I knew my next door neighbor, Sean was taking it at the time. So I asked him about it and was like, do you think it would be okay for me? You know, even though I have the spina bifida and he, uh, he said, you know, you should try it, see what happens. So he ended up training me for it for about four months before I actually had to take the class. Um, I ended up taking it for two years and ended up loving it, even though it was difficult and I wasn't able to keep up with everybody. So then once I finally graduated high school, I realized that once, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I did know that I wanted to help people in the way that my friend Sean had helped me, you know, through weightlifting. And I kind of realized that I wanted to get certified in that and, uh, make a difference in people's lives through fitness and through health, um, no matter if they had a disability or if they didn't have a disability. Right. Now, did, was, did you have a really stronger upper body core as far as like, because you kind of have to overcompensate yeah. a little bit with your upper body. Yeah. So like my upper body was always really, you know, a lot stronger than my lower body. Right. And like certain stuff I wasn't able to do like squats and that sort of thing. I finally just have been able to do squats within like the past year. How old are you now? I'm 23. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. That that's awesome. Uh. What. What was your kind of your breakthrough when you really realized you could do it? Uh. Let's see. So I think the breakthrough when I finally realized was we had a uh, in the personal fitness class that I took. We ended up taking a trip to uh, a mountain called Old Bragg Mountain. It's in Virginia, where I'm originally from. Um, okay. It ended up was supposed to be like a eight hour trip fully, and it only took me eight hours to get up one side of the mountain, which was kind of my downfall, but also like that breakthrough moment where I realized, you know, I'm stronger than this, no matter how much I tell myself that I should stop and I shouldn't keep going and that sort of thing. Um, so the more I told myself that, the more I pushed myself up that mountain, and the more I realized that you know, I should be telling other people this sort of thing too, and kind of helping them if they're feeling the same way. So okay. that, that was kind of my breakthrough moment of starting my business. And then, you know, going from there and kind of talking myself through it all. Yeah. That, yeah. 
That's awesome. Now, what, what, uh, I mean, you talked about the bullying and all that, but how was your, you know, the depression through, like, what was your darkest days as far as your mental health when it comes to this kind of stuff? Uh, it was definitely, um, more so when I was growing up, you know, through middle school and early high school before I started, um, the weight training and all, it was just kind of the being outcasted. I didn't have very many friends and, I kind of just lived through, I, I would play drums at the time. So I kind of lived through playing drums and just like whatever else I could find and being friends with anybody that I really could. Um, mm-hmm. And nobody really, there was no other disabled kids in that school. So it was just me. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was hard to kind of find someone that really understood, you know, the differences that I had and, you know, um, everything else. And then me understand them. And then, once I started my business, the the more mental, mentally bad days started then just because um, not being taken seriously and kind of struggling to go, you know, from one section to another with money and everything else, just because right. certain jobs wouldn't hire somebody with a disability and you need money to start a business. Right. Because you're basically considered a, a liability. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Which is very unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have run into that many times. There's there's a part where there's kind of a point in there where you, at least, you know, I'm speaking for me, but I'm sure same for you. Like you get to a certain point where you kind of get addicted to proving people wrong. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of what keeps you alive and what keeps driving. Because there, there is a huge party that's just like, I don't even want to deal with this shit anymore. Like I'd rather just end it. And so, yeah. you know, all the worst thoughts go through your head. Um, and you start to, you know, go down the road of, you know, why me and, you know, whatever, whatever your religious beliefs or whatever. Yeah. And then you kind of prove somebody wrong, whether it's the doctors, which was kind of probably your start. And then you get to a certain point where you're just telling people to fuck off. And you just, even if you're not, you know, verbally saying it metaphorically, you're just saying it outwardly and you're just pushing and pushing. And then you just kind of get to a point where you just get comfortable enough with who you are. Yeah, exactly. that you you know that's kind of your your armor to basically life. Yeah, and then you just keep winning in certain stuff and keep remembering yeah. all the people that did certain things and that sort of thing. <laughs> right, and because I, I, I think a lot of us, the people who are disabled, you know, I'm legally blind. And like we run into so many hurdles, and sometimes like our accomplishments don't seem like that much to most people. It's like, oh, I got my own place or I got a job. Yeah. But they don't understand like what a job is like getting for us. Like it, it, it's a huge hassle. Yeah, and how difficult it is to you know find the money to rent out a place and that sort of thing. Right, and it's just everything, and, and you know, there's so many times where you get told no, whether yeah. it's the medical field where they tell you you can't walk again or you can't, you know, whatever. I can't see or I can't do this. You won't ever be able to live on your own or whatever it is. And then you get to a point where you just. You just keep pushing past it, but there's so many hurdles get thrown in front of you. So it's like, even though you're like, yeah, I have my own place and I work and I do these things and, you know, you run your own programs and it's like, it's great. But to most people, it just seems like, well, yeah, but I got a house too. Or I got, it's like, yeah, but. Yeah. Or I got a better job and like. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you don't understand how much I have to push through all this shit. And, and you know, and, and if you collect disability, it's like even if you find a decent job, it's like, am I, am I going to lose my disability? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, and if I do, is it worth losing? And, you know, there's so many rabbit holes that you go down, mm-hmm. um, especially with the, like the work stuff. I think that's one, I think it's one of the 
especially when it comes to disability, I mean, you could talk about transportation for some and certain things, but yeah, work placement is probably the worst of all. For sure. As far as egregious, like where, where we are in a society and what people with disability, because I think, like I said, I'm speaking for me, but I'm pretty sure the same for you. Like you, you know what you can do or you, you relatively know what you can do, but people try to tell you what you can't do. Yeah, for sure. And it's people with, you know, full working legs or in my case, full working, you know, sighted eyes that Uh are trying to tell me what I can't see and what I can't grab and, and do and this. And it's like, let me fail. You know, like, yeah, yeah. If I fail, then I, I fail. Yeah. right. Let me let me fail. Let me deal with that. I'll cry in the shower or whatever. Like <laughs> I'll deal with the, my problems, but don't tell me what I can't do because your eyes work. So your system is built around what you guys can do. But I could probably prove you wrong if you really give me the perfect opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And it makes me sad because some of the best workers I've seen have had disabilities or some sort of disability. Absolutely. Because they just yeah. want to, you know, be accepted and prove those people wrong, like you said. So, Right. I've worked with a guy who's completely blind and I have like one okay working eye. And between the two of us, we can get a crap load of work done. And there's a certain point where like even recently where I, we were working together and I just was like, we're not even really communicating, but we know <laughs> where we are at all times. Yeah. And we're just, and I told him like, I'd rather work with him or someone like him than anybody who you know, quote unquote is normal or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Cause you because they know understand. each other like in that sort of perspective. Right. And there's just this, and you know, and I think some people, and then I think another part is the problem is like when, when you actually do it, then people kind of start to downplay it. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's good. And it's like, yeah, but that's not what you were saying in the beginning. Now it's, <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. And it's like, yeah, but you couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, we had, we had a, we had a couple bosses at at work where they weren't going to let us pack uh, these heavy military like shooting targets or whatever. Uh-huh. And this is before I got there, but they wouldn't let any blind people do them because they couldn't do it blindfolded. That's ridiculous. So, right. And it's, it's beyond ridiculous because, it, but what they, it's like, what they don't understand is like psychologically you can pull that blindfold off and the light comes in and you're good. Yeah. Um, and like the blind guy who ended up doing it and mastering it, it's like, you know, what are you doing? Like yeah. he, he, and he, and he showed them and he proved them wrong, but it took a while. Whereas like these people who have perfect sight put blindfolds on. It's like, not nah, you, you can't do it. And it's like, that's, that's, that's you mentally. You're built, you know, you're not built like us. Like we have to, you have we to, can't, yeah. yeah, we're so used to know that we have to try to, you know, push past it and, and, and just constantly prove ourselves right or wrong. And then sometimes we prove ourselves wrong. Yeah. Um, because like, I know I can't drive. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of my, you know, that's one of my no's that I know I have to stick with. Yeah. But I'm going to try everything else. That was one of mine too, for the longest time. Cause when I drive, I can't move my ankle. So it was kind of getting used to the pressure of the pedals and everything. But. Right. Yeah. And like I said, it, like I said, there's so many things that get thrown in front of you. And I think, you know, especially going back to what you're talking about in school, like, you know, we all have had these, you know, like I had teachers that would say like, we want you to go to the prom, even though you don't have a date mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that, man. Cause that's even more depressing. Yeah. Like, Cause then people just wonder why you're there, look at you and that sort of thing. Right. You're the freak show and you're the person that can't get a date and so on. And then it's, it's just, and then maybe somebody will feel bad for you and your teacher or somebody. And you're just like, look, psychologically that's more damaging than actually just saying I didn't have a date and didn't go. Yeah. When you could, you know, stay at home and 
do something worth your time that would make you a little bit more excited and or at least distract you from all the psychological nonsense that you're going to put yourself through. Exactly, yeah. Right. It's 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 crazy because like I said, you know, we're on two different sides of the spectrum, but we're you know, I've talked to different people with different disabilities and so on and it's like all in all the reason why like, you know, I, there's other podcasts out there that especially with eye stuff, they mainly stick in the category of eye stuff, but it's like they don't get it. Like you and me, death, you know, whatever you are, we are the, we're the guy in the wheelchair logo. Yeah. Like that's what we are. No matter what our problem is, we are some sort of freak or some sort of thing to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I seen a, I seen a guy on TV who had no legs and he was just climbing up, getting in his cabinets and pouring cereal and doing all these amazing things, but they made him like he was a freak show, even though it's like one of the most amazing things you'll ever see. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, you know, how much we have to overcome, you know, sometimes, I mean, we never really get to a place where we're comfortable. Yeah. We're constantly, you know, in a state of worry and, uh, sorry, I feel like I'm hijacking no, your you're podcast. <laughs> and it's even like that for me too. Like when I, I notice when I go out with my girlfriend or something and we're going out shopping or like I go to the gym by myself or something, it's like, no matter what people kind of stare at you and then wonder like, Oh, how the hell did you get out of your house today? Like, why are you out shopping? Why are you doing this? It's like. I'm a normal person still. I got to live a normal life. It may be a little bit different, right. but. Right. But it does help when you get things like that with our girlfriend or some friends or, you know, was your family very supportive? Yeah, they were. Mom and dad? Yeah. That's awesome. So that helps. For sure. But it also, it's it, it also a kind of a thing like my mom was very supportive, but she would just be like, it's going to be okay. Mom. And it's like, she means well, she's great, but it's like, it's hard when people are, bullying you and making fun of you and doing all these terrible things um even though you know the the love system is you know the, the support system is there and it, it's great you know without it you may have not survived yeah but it also it's also you look at it like oh it's my mom and dad like they're gonna say i'm handsome or i'm you know <laughs> whatever just because they love me that's kind of how my mom was too she was like oh it's gonna be okay like don't listen to that sort of thing my dad was like find a way to overcome it and make yourself better than them Right. Like don't fight That's good, with them and that sort of thing. Find a way to make yourself better. I think it's really good, especially for the dad, because, you know, there's so many, quote unquote, especially even for what you do, but manly men that try to, you know, they want their son, whether they don't want him to be gay, they don't want him to have any sort of condition or anything that makes, draws a little attention. And it's more to them than it is to their actual son. Yeah. And, and I think especially for a, a boy, it's great to have a good uh, father figure in your life to kind of show you and guide you on. Because, you know, your mom can only do so much. Yeah. And, you know, when a father is accepting of those things, then it, it makes it a lot easier to kind of indulge into life. Yeah, you kind of accept a little bit more, a little bit more understanding. Right. So what what, what kind of, like, what what's your daily routine as far as, like, how do you, you know, when you get up, like, how do you, you know, basically live your life yeah. with your condition? So when I get up, um, I usually get up about six or six thirty. Um, I make my coffee and I start doing my work. Um, you know, whether it's making a program for somebody or making a program for my website that I can sell to a whole bunch of other people. Um, I spend about like two hours, two or three hours a day, just kind of working on that and answering emails. Um, sometimes I make YouTube videos or um, update my website. So I'll do that. And then after that, I'll do some stretching because with my condition, my muscles get 
achy very easily. So I'll have to take that extra time to kind of move myself around a little bit more. Um, and then get in a workout if I can, um, whether it's strength training or something like yoga or just like a high intensity interval training workout. Um, and then after that, I, I like to do a lot of reading. So I'll do a lot of reading just to kind of calm myself down after exercise. And then, um, I'll either do the reading or I'll do like a meal prep for the week if it's on like a Sunday or Monday. And then um, anything else I have to do, whether it's like grocery shopping or going out or seeing people, I'll do that. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's pretty Um, much different every day. Does your girlfriend have any kind of condition? No, she's uh, able-bodied. She's She's just very accepting of what you go through. That's important. I think that was one of the biggest things about our relationship was uh, me kind of worrying if she would accept it or not, but she's been really accepting, which is good. That's what you need. And that, that, that gives you confidence in yourself because even if you're, like, you're not feeling attractive or whatever, you can go through life knowing like, even if people are looking at you like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you can you can live in this kind of like love bubble, if you want to call it. Like, you can just be like, I'm happy. This person accepts me for who I am. Like, fuck the rest Exactly. Of the and, like, being, you know, since she's with me, you know, most of the day, almost every day, she kind of understands spina bifida a little bit more because she sees what I go through and is able to help in certain ways, even if she doesn't have spina bifida or quite understand everything about it. So that right. it makes it a lot easier as well. And those are the people that give you hope about people. Exactly. Because I'm yeah. just- I'm sure you've had many days where you're just like, I hate everyone. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, and still, um, and I try not to because it's like there are, I mean, there's a reason why I'm alive. A lot of my friends and family have kept me alive just being around. And, you know, it, it sometimes you go in these tirades or you just go through this warped of, you know, your brain functioning in the negative direction where you're just like, oh, people just are horrible. And some are. Um, a, a lot are, but there are also a lot of people out there who genuinely care and um, and actually are accepting. Yeah, I um, see a lot of that too. Most of like the time when I feel like that is when I go on social media and I see like people arguing with each other and like bullying each other uh, and like oh this person's used as like a like piece of entertainment because of their disability and that sort of thing. You'll see people talking shit to like UFC fighters. <laughs> it's like, dude, whatever. <laughs> yeah there's so many ballsy people online Uh -uh. (laughs) um that's why i'm like a phone person or in-person person because i don't i hate this again it's nothing wrong with social media there's nothing wrong i mean there's plenty of things Uh it's okay with using it and you know they are good tools to help you promote and and, and other things connect with people but overall it's you know it's just giving people a platform to just pretend who they are because back in the day it was like you know, I'm a little, I'm nine years older than you, but like th- at one point there was like AOL chat. And, uh-huh. you know, like the one thing you, the one thing you had to worry about was like people were either lying about their gender, <laughs> which they would, cause you know, there was no pictures. You were just talking or they would tell you like I'm 18 and they were 15 or, you know, basically just lying about their age or their gender just so they can flirt with somebody. And, you know, they're going like lesbian chat <laughs> and pretend they were a girl and it's just yeah. like shit like that. But now there's so much other things. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, going rampant and now people you know people they try to bully people who are unbullied uh-huh. but they do you know they just make fun like oh your album sucks or you're what and it's like dude like why don't you just go get a yeah, life go do something with yourself 
seriously. I mean, we all get mad at certain people, you know, that we don't know and whatever, but I just go, okay. But like these, you know, you, you see it on like, you can see the most popular video, like a guy coming back from Iraq to hug his son and, and there'll be one dislike. It's like, look, what, what is wrong? Yeah. Like, you got that person that's like, screw you. I hate the Iraq war. I hate this person and that person. It's like, all right. <laughs> it was just, or I don't have a dad. It's a, Right, you know, or somebody petting a cat, and it's like, oh, gross. I hate cats. Like, whatever. <laughs> right. Boo. Go dogs. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really bad. And that's why, you know, you get to a certain part in your, part in your, uh, point in your life, especially now, like you're starting to become, even though I'm sure you have your insecurities, but you're still, you're getting more comfortable in your skin. You're just realizing, like, no matter where you are, you're going to have problems, but yeah, you just got to. And I think a lot of like what helped with that is kind of putting myself out there more with, you know, my personal training and everything. It kind of, I guess thickened my skin a little bit to what people say and like the way people with disabilities are viewed. Like it's still, you know, it still sucks sometimes, but it really helped a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think stuff like this, I'm not saying it because I'm doing it, but like stuff like this helps. Like just, two people talking who just are getting to know each other and though their lives were different, they still in some ways were similar and you can kind of realize like, it, it's nice. Like the reason why I do this is just because, you know, like I said, I started off by just doing like, I like 12 ideas uh-huh. and now I'm on episode 20 and I have like 30 more ideas yeah. and now like interviews like this and, and just these things keep coming up. Um, even when you, when you commented on the, uh, that post I put, like, I just put that there and then I woke up and I had like 20 requests <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even think anyone gave yeah. a shit. <laughs> and it's so nice to just like want people to tell their stories because it's like we, it's it's to help people not only feel like they're not alone, but so they just to keep them alive. Yeah. For sure. Because it's so easy to just to give up. Yeah. And I you think know, what like, you're doing really does help a lot. Like you said, with people in that sort of situation, because not many people with disabilities <laughs> get that kind of outlook. Right, especially for all disabilities, because most people just kind of stay in their realm, and and that's fine. But like I said, the only way we're going to make real change is if we all band together and change the issues that affect every one yeah, of us. Absolutely. Um, because like I said, we are that logo, regardless if we want to be, um, regardless if we signed up for it, we are that logo, no matter what our problems are, even if you're not in a wheelchair. Yep. And even if you're doing something, you know that a normal person would quote unquote normal, then you're still seen as the logo somehow. <laughs> right. Now, I have people and I, I've gotten this have people, you know, cause people are very uneducated and, and very ignorant to a lot of things that, that people try to treat you like you have some sort of special. Needs. Yeah. They like no offense to, you know, people with any sort of mental health right, no, no. or anything, but they, they often associate spina bifida with that sort of thing. Cause there are some people that have that. So like, when they'll talk to me, they'll talk to me a little bit differently or like slower or something. And I'm like, you know, I, I can talk to you perfectly fine. <laughs> right. Or like, yeah. I don't know, like in school, they would make me sit kind of far away from everybody else, kind of closer to the front of the class and that sort of thing. And I was like, I don't, right. I don't really get that, but. <laughs> Have you ever had the people that put their hand out and just say like, here, I'll walk you over somewhere. Yeah. Like, Oh, here, I'll help you. Or like, I've had people come up to like the store, like in the store and they're like, Oh, I'll pray for you. And I'm like, you know, I like religion and everything, but you can't pray away spina bifida. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, 
you can yeah you know that's funny that you say that because i you know one of the miracles in the bible is that he cured blindness and so people throw that at me <laughs> it's like maybe and again I'm, i i can see a little bit uh -huh. my one eye and i function and whatever but you know i'm basically blind on my left eye but it's like well you know th remember that happened it's like okay you can look i get it but some of that stuff is also yeah. metaphorical <laughs> and it's not happening and I'm, I'm going to try to get other surgeries and try to see what can happen. But if you just think I'm going to pray tonight and I'm wake up, my eyes are going to be perfect. It's not going to happen. So don't try to guilt me. Into I know it. people have been doing it to me for 20 years and I still haven't gotten rid of it. So yeah, for the yeah. Day. I know, I know. And sometimes I feel like the more prayers, the worse it gets. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Um, is there any kind of like misconceptions or anything that people think about spina bifida that aren't correct or, or, you know, anything you want to educate people on spina bifida? Actually, yeah, there are a lot because, um, a lot of people, they think going back to the physical disability thing, a lot of them think that spina bifida is just, you know, walking with crutches or walking with leg braces and that sort of thing. But there are different kinds of spina bifida. Like, um, there's one that my uh, friend Anthony has, it's called spina bifida occulta, where you can't see anything wrong at all. Like he walks like a normal person. He talks like a normal person, that sort of thing. But, um, there's a lot of the kind of inner complications that people with spina bifida would have that he has. And nobody really knew about it until he got older and he finally went to a doctor and they diagnosed him with it. So there's always his uh, problem. Like what, what, what made him go to the doctor to, to find out if he had it or whatever how did he get like if he could walk normal what was so like what was it that triggered i guess it? like he he could walk normal ish but like you start losing uh your leg muscles like muscles in your legs and uh, um you start losing some bladder and bowel control and that sort of thing so i think a lot of it was just like uh certain issues like that and then there's something that we get called a tethered cord which is where your spinal cord kind of wraps up and it messes with your nerves and can be fatal and that ended up happening to him. So I think that was another thing that finally made them realize, hey, you know, he has spina bifida. He needs to start taking these precautions for himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Someone just called me, so I hope I didn't cut that off. Um, but uh, I, good. just um, repeat that one thing just in case. As far as I heard, when the spinal cord wraps around and then it cut off. Yeah. So – like we get tethered cords. Um, not everybody with spina bifida gets it, but some of us do. It's where your uh, spinal cord kind of wraps up and it messes up the nerves in your body and causes a whole bunch of other complications. And um, he he ended up getting that. And so doctors finally realized, you know, he needs to take those extra precautions for himself because he does have spina bifida like they right. thought he did. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of different kinds of spina bifida and they all affect people differently which is you know one of the biggest misconceptions is people think that it's just one way or no way at all and, or they think you know you might have cerebral palsy when it ends up being spina bifida or that sort right. of thing yeah i mean that's the thing like especially when it comes to some of these diseases they all be beyond just the the logo we talked about you know like with mine it's more like uh, if you don't have a cni dog or glasses or a cane um like Right. Like, you're well, not, you're not visually impaired or blind. You don't look it. It's like, again, you don't know what it looks like. You just look at, you know, what you see on TV or on the internet or whatever. Yeah, you've seen other people like that. And so you right. and some people wear it well. Some people aren't just with my hand out going, hey, I'm blind. Help me. 
or hey you know whatever your condition <laughs> yeah. is and that's like i said i think we all have these little you know stereotypes and again a lot of stereotypes are true too but you know sometimes they get attached to us and it's like even though we For don't sure. you know literally have them um so yeah i mean it's nice to learn about stuff like this because like i said it's you know just because you don't have it or you know i think like i said we get to two point too much in our own heads and we we stay to our what we know and we don't ever try to learn and i think beyond just the disability thing whatever uh whether it's politics or whatever like it's good to learn just a little bit every day and just try to get to know new things and you know from someone who's been through a lot of shit and nearly died and all that it, it's you know it's like why not want to give back like especially if you're in a place where you yeah. mentally you can do it do it you know like mm-hmm. fight for more than just yourself after a while um i agree that's kind of the philosophy i've had since i've started my business and everything kind of always like remaining a student and trying to help people and not just helping yourself completely and are you directly uh train with some people yeah, I um I when I lived in Virginia it was, you know, being 20 minutes away from DC, I kind of always went to DC and would train there cuz there's a high disability population there. Um so when I lived in Virginia it was a lot of more physical in-person training, but since I've moved to South Carolina where I live now and since COVID started, it's been more directed online um or like over like Skype and Zoom and right, that right. sort of thing. What was it like, like the first time you started training somebody? Was were they like shocked? Yeah, it was my first client was actually um, a normal able bodied person, so it was extremely nerve wracking because I wasn't sure how they would react to having a trainer with a physical disability. But um, they ended up taking it really well, and I've worked with them since. It's been about two or three years. Oh, that's so. cool, and it's got to motivate them, like in a way where. Because I mean, yeah, I always sure. tell people, even in, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but I'm like, look, mo- let it motivate you. Like I'm someone who's had all this happen, like you, like you've been through all this shit. And it's like, yeah, like you don't have any of these excuses. I have to push past so many other things, but use my life to motivate you to like what could be this bad, but it's not. For sure. Like my biggest thing with my clients is like, um, for example, like I've had 24 surgeries in my life, 22 surgeries, wow. something like that. And, you know, my clients will come to me and they'll be like, oh, I've had this. So I, I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm like, have you tried it yet? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, well try it. And then tell me right. you can't do it. Yeah. Like, don't sit there and, you know, kind of feel negative about yourself and say you can't do something without really trying it first, just because someone else told you you couldn't do it or, you know, you keep telling yourself you can't do it and you haven't tried right, it yet. They're talking to a person who's a perfectly, a perfect example of a person who has been told who can't do it. So, you know, why not? Like, I mean, really, even, even get just whatever, whatever the exercise is or whatever. It's like, dude, just lift your leg up something because it's like you're talking to a guy who, you know, most people would say he can't do that. So have a little For respect sure. and just like, just, just try it. If you want to just, you know, pussy out and just say, I'm a back hurts or whatever, then do it. But at least try. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of the the biggest thing, too, is like when they'll try something and they expect it to be a certain way by, you know, a certain time limit. And so when they don't reach that period, they end up quitting and feeling bad. 
But it's like, no, you have to take smaller steps to get there, especially if you have something wrong with you physically and that sort of thing. You need to take those extra steps to help yourself to get to where you want to be, not just jumping from one spot to another because that's not how it's going to work. Absolutely. So you, you you said earlier about uh, like you had a friend, but, but like have you been able to meet other people with the same condition? Yeah, I've met a lot of people actually um, since I've started. Uh, just a lot of um, – not only clients, but people that I've kind of supported and kind of supported me kind of backing each other up that have spina bifida as well. Um, so it's been really great, but I've also met people that don't have spina bifida um, with other disabilities, which I never thought would be possible um, until I started all this. Just because when I was younger, social media right. wasn't as big. So it's kind of great now to see kind of the impact that everybody has on each other and kind of the group that everybody has around each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Nah, it's, uh, that's, it's, yeah, that's the thing. And, and another thing is like, when you look at the news or social media, like it, it, it makes you think certain ways and then you really have to, it's good to find other communities like that. Um, you can get a For lot sure. closer. And, and like I said, there's so many people that really do understand and you just got to find them, but there's so much bullshit in the middle to get to those people. <laughs> yeah so much misinformation and you know like i i didn't you know I'd, i'll do an intro before i do this just saying a couple of things about you and, and whatever but like I, I don't even i didn't even go in this like i knew someone who had it and a couple people but i don't i didn't know a whole lot about it and I don't, i'm not gonna pretend like i do so it's like i'd rather just educate mm -hmm. people through you and just say fuck it because it, it's you know like i said it's okay to sit back and say you don't know something and it's like just just learn and yeah learn. Instead of like lying about it and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, the thing that makes me laugh is like, it seems like every person with a different disability has a term for someone, like you said, able body, like in the visually impaired community, we uh -huh. call them sighted people. So like, uh -huh. it's funny to hear people with different terms for people <laughs> that really don't have any problems. And then you start to feel bad. It's like, oh, these poor people, they have so many names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Like I said, I just wanted to shoot the shit and just get to know you. Um, trying to think. Like I said, is there anything you want to? I don't. You could talk about anything. Honestly, like I said, I'll, I, I'm genuinely just enjoying getting to know you. So, um, sure. Um, actually, I did want to know a little bit more about uh, what you have as um, well. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I had this disease called Stevens Johnson syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, it's a high allergic reaction to medication. Uh, so when I was a kid, uh -huh. I was I had a really bad ear infection, and they gave me amoxicillin, and then they gave me vancomycin once they found that I was allergic to amoxicillin. And I was taking those uh -huh. over a week or two span, and all my skin started burning off, my hair fell out, teeth fell out, a uh, hole in oh, my wow. mouth, you know, nails and everything just come. I was melting essentially. Um, and then, then the eyes go, the skin and everything else goes first. And then, then, I mean, or maybe in, in succession, they all kind of go together, but, um, you know, they were basically telling me it wasn't that big of a deal. And then once everything started to melt, basically, it was like, oh, we better get you over to somewhere where they have a burn center, you know, where they have burn victims. Um, and the town yeah. that I lived in did not have one. So I had to go to a major city where I ended up going to Philadelphia and, uh -huh. you know, I was in this, you know, hospital where I now I have no skin and I'm um, like, everything hurts extremely to the point where it's just because you become numb to it. 
and they wrap you up in these bandages. But before they they press uh, bacitracin, which is like a higher quality of neosporin, like a much stronger neosporin. And it's yeah. to heal the wounds. And then uh, the bandages are wrapped around you. But they change the bandages like a couple times a day because you're going to bleed through them. And, you know, it's all kind of bacteria and shit gets in there. Um, yeah. yeah, I was in it four and a half months, but I don't know how many eye surgeries. And, you know, I've had surgeries on just like taking cells from my mom's eye, cells from a dead person's eye. Um, but I mean, I, for a while, like my whole body was shut down and like I had to get a feeding tube in me. Like I had to take my gallbladder out Damn. and so many other parts. I was basically a donor. Uh, I was an organ donor before I knew what an organ donor was. And they didn't go, but they didn't go Jeez. anywhere. So. Uh, yeah, I was four and a half and, um, you know, I mean, that's kind of the, the gist of it, but you know, like I said, yeah, I'm legally blind. It's my left eye is basically colors and motions and my right eye, I guess I don't know how to explain it. I can see you get around. I, you know, get to, I get to work, uh-huh. I have my own place and I do my thing. Um, I do what most people say I can't do and kind of thrive. That's great. Yeah. And it, it's, like I said, I mean, I, my journey is, you know, battling mental health and so many other problems and abuse and, and, and so many other things. But the core base was just this eye thing. And again, it sucks because I basically had my whole childhood ripped from me because I was really big into cars. And like I, mm-hmm. I was like four, but I knew like every car based on the emblem or the model or whatever. And then it got to a point where it's like, well, I'm never going to be able to drive one of them. So fuck cars. Um, yeah right and so it's like you know like i said it's you got to try to wear all this shit um and it's kind of fun doing the podcast like every other episode i do an interview i try to like let something breathe in the middle and i get some of my stuff off my chest or whatever and you know like this past week i just did all the dad stuff the father figure stuff and how i kind of became a man and got to where i'm at but you know i like to just do all these other interviews and you know it's it's just fun to share it and get it out there because i don't like i've always said that i think that the disabled is the bottom of the barrel you know you know For yes sure. there's racism yes there's sexism and and homophobia and all these things but you can be all those things and be disabled and when when you go down the line it's like well are you you're black and a woman we may or may not hire that. Oh, you're disabled. That's there's no way in hell I'm hiring you. Um, yeah. And that's the final nail in the coffin. And it's, you know, like I said, it doesn't mean these other things don't exist, but we really are. There's, there's really nothing for us out there. We have to make it happen. Yeah. Or you look at like politics or something and, you know, you never get mentioned. And right. They don't ask you to vote. That's right. Or they try to guilt you in by saying like, hey, the Republicans or the Democrats are planning on getting rid of Social Security. You better vote. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Yeah. It's always the same thing over and over again. Right. It is. And you don't get included in anything. Um, And and then, you know, I did an episode or part of an episode just on Social Security alone because people just Uh think it's this like end all be all for us. It's like, well, if you get laid off your job, at least you have that. It's like, yeah, but that pays my rent. That doesn't put food. Yeah. What about food and everything else? Feed my cat or that doesn't, you know, take care of the things I need taken care of. So, it's it's so frustrating because it's just this ignorance of what people think we are and what we can do and what we are allowed to do and all it's like man like you know me and my friend paul always had this slogan of just fuck limitations and uh-huh. yes there are some things we can't do but we're gonna try to find a way around it 
Um, and that's just what it's about. Just keep pushing and keep, you know, jumping over the hurdles and, and or moving them out the way. Because like I said, you just get to a point where everyone just tells you what you can't do. And you're just like, you either, you either jump to one side where you say, well, I guess I can't do it. Or you, you yeah. grab yourself and you pull yourself up and you just say, well, let's take a swing at it. Um, That's what I always try to tell people too, is like at some point you have to realize that it's only you that has yourself in those sort of situations. Like even if other people are helping, it's either you that drags yourself into kind of that victim mentality or over that victim mentality and kind of pushing yourself above everything else that you might've went through or that might've happened to you and all that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, do you still have your days where you just kind of like, you don't want to get out of bed or you just don't want to do it anymore? Yeah. Like, uh, I have a lot of days where maybe I'll wake up not feeling the best physically. And I notice that kind of drags you down mentally as well. Oh, yeah. Like if I'm not on being not able to be on top of my, uh, exercise and that sort of thing i notice that's when it happens most right yeah i mean it's like i said it really is a daily challenge for sure and, and there's days when i wake up and i'm i'm happy and i actually question it like what are you mm-hmm. so happy for <laughs> yeah like nothing happened why what's the big right thing? it's almost like the thing where like if you get in an argument with your mom or whoever someone you care about and you're like i'm gonna be pissed at them for a month and we're not talking and then you see them the next morning and she's just like, Hey son. And you're like, God damn it. I'm supposed to be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now look, we're talking, we're talking again. again and I can't be mad at you. And and that's kind of how it is. Like you just wake up and you're just like, yay. And you're like, yesterday I was feeling like, Ugh, like throw me out of a window. Now, now yeah. I'm like, ah, life is so bad. And it, it, For sure. And it, it's like a big love hate relationship with yourself. Right. With yourself and with just, humankind and then with everything you just it, it's this constant circle and, and this you know you go back and forth with everything you almost feel like you're bipolar <laughs> yeah and it's just you know it's just all the the damage and the wear and tear like that you go through and that's why it's so good to do these type of things of just talking to other people because you know there's times where you just realize like wow like there was a time where i realized i was molested in school and i was just like I was sitting on the steps and I was like in my house and it was like 20 some years old. And I'm like, I just uh-huh. said it out loud. I'm like, Holy shit. I was molested. And I'm like, but it didn't really affect me. And I almost giggled. Yeah. It doesn't dawn on you until you really think about right. it. And I was like, so much bad shit happened to me that I pushed that away. And that, like, especially with women that would ruin most people's lives. Like that would affect them to this day. And it doesn't have really much effect on me at all. And it's like, and that's where I kind of get to a realization where I guess it's kind of sad where you're just like, man, like how, how damaged am I? Like, yeah, it's either you're damaged or somehow you've overcome it and you don't know what it is. Right. And I'm very honest. Like, I'm just, I'm very open about being, you know, somewhat broken or whatever, but it's like, and I also let people know when I do like mental health episodes, I'm like, look, by no means have I escaped this. Like, yeah. I may be strong and I may be still standing, but any day something can happen. And who knows what your breaking point is? We all have one, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, and it's like, and I, and I don't want to find out, but, you know, like I said, we all still question everything. Um, and like I said, absolutely. It, it's like I said, life, life is very challenging for, for some of us. We all have challenges. Yeah. But, I, I feel like, like, again, able-bodied people don't really 
understand it or they think a lot of the time we might just be over dramatic with what we go through and that sort of thing or somehow we're faking it and all that they don't really realize that a lot of it is mental health and that even though a lot of it's also physical right. the biggest part of it is how you deal with it mentally and i don't know about you but to me the mental stuff is the worst like the physical stuff sucks yeah. too yeah i mean i i, I can say that for me because i know your physicalness is, is a lot worse than mine in a sense, but mm-hmm. I still have plenty of body aches and, you know, my skin's still very sensitive to everything that happened, but it's like, I can, I'm pretty, I can endure pain pretty well. It's the yeah. medical or the, the, the mindfulness of just trying to get out of bed and, and just tell yourself you look good or, or tell yourself that you're worth anything. Um, that just, the, the psychologicalness that just beats you to the ground where you're just like, I don't really want to do anything today. Yeah, absolutely. Like for the past year and a half now, I've been dealing with a pressure ulcer that I have in my foot because of an old pair of leg braces. It like went all the way down to the muscle in my heel. And so like, I haven't been able to really exercise as much as I could. And some days I wake up and I'm just like, you know, I feel like garbage, like not physically, but like, I just, it doesn't feel the same as I did a year ago. And like, I don't know what to do or where to go from here. Right. So it gets difficult. But in the same token, it's also humbling. Like it makes you get back to where you're like, all right, that's right. Like, because there's, there's sometimes, I don't know about you, but I've had days where I'm like, I kind of forget about my condition. And I kind of mm-hmm. just like, I'm watching a movie or I'm doing something. And then I realize like I can't see on the left side of my face. And I'm just, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're that. <laughs> and yeah. it kind of humbles <laughs> no, you. That's how it is for me, too. Yeah. It humbles you to the point where you just like, you'll never. It's in a good way. I mean, it's bad too, but it's also good. It makes you never forget where you came from. Um, Because I've seen I've seen people have conditions and they kind of forget where they came from, whether it's money or something comes into play. Like I've seen blind visually impaired people make fun of blind people, and it's like, what in the fuck gives you the right to do that? Like you're not. Yeah, I've seen people with spina bifida do the same thing, and I'm like, do you not realize like we're supposed to be helping each other and you know understanding each other? And karma's a bitch, like. You know, yeah, you know, because maybe like with your friend who, you know, on the outside, maybe he can walk a little better than what you could do. But at some point it gets to more maybe where he's going to be more like you. And I'm not saying he was making Mm -hmm. fun of you, but like in that case, like if he were to make fun of you, it's like, yeah, but eventually it all comes back around and something is just going to make you feel shitty for everything you said and done. Yeah. You know, we all have. It's like either way you still have spina bifida, we're still kind of in the same boat. <laughs> right. It's just a way of saying like, see, I'm better than somebody just because I'm down here. Yeah. I'm I'm a smidge above that guy over there. And it's like, yeah. how? And I do notice that a lot within the spina bifida community is like, there'll be people in wheelchairs and stuff. And it's like, well, at least I can walk. And like, I don't look like this or I don't do that. I'm like, but why don't you be more sympathetic to their situation and help them feel better about themselves because i'm sure they don't feel good about it but oh uh, yeah I'd, you're not any better than them because you can walk uh yeah i'd rate i'd way rather be around people who are quote-unquote ugly on the outside and beautiful on the inside if you want to say than the, than the reverse because there's too yeah. many people out here that are just cold-hearted and it's just like well that ain't me and it's like yeah that's yeah. not be thankful that it's not but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you need to treat us any different for sure and then i think you know sometimes people you know like i i my grandma sometimes she'll listen to the podcast she goes i think your profanity and i'm like grandma i don't curse all the time but it's like some of the things that we're saying like they really mean a lot to me and it's my way of showing that i'm very passionate about it because it it comes from a lot of pain 
And, yeah. and it's like in order yeah. for us to say certain things, it's, it's not easy to, you know, I, I say all these things. Like I just talked about being molested and I say it like it's nothing. But in reality, there's somewhere deep down that does hurt. And, you know, we just kind of push these things away and we just pretend like they're nothing. It's like, dude, I'm sharing my entire life for people. Yeah. So then when you say it, it's a little bit more passionate, a little bit more right. and, vulgar as someone else might want. Right. To. And that's just, but, that's just what we are. We're a little rough around the edges, but like, if you really get to know us and actually accept us, like we're probably the most loving, you know, mushy people, but yeah, you know, we're just, we have, you know, we're like the porcupine, like we have our quills out, but it's just because everyone wants to kick us. So in yeah. order for us to stop you from kicking us, we have to put our quills out. And that's what I've kind of said about my message throughout the years is like, I guess growing up with Spina Bifida, I've kind of had to grow that hard outer shell and kind of be like a hard ass and that sort of thing. And like, you know, sometimes I cuss a lot, like with you through my, through my YouTube videos and stuff, or if I'm explaining something, but it's like, you know, if, if that's not your thing, that's fine, you know, right? go look at somebody else or talk to somebody else, but this is how I'm going to explain it. And maybe you can still get, you know, the message I'm trying to prove. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. That sort of thing. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You have to protect yourself more than anything. The world is very cold um, to anyone, but especially when you're, you know, some people can hide certain things. You, know, you can hide sexuality yeah. or certain things, whether you should or shouldn't, it still sucks. But we can't hide what we have. And... You know, it's just people are going to just anything that's a little different. Um, you know, I've, I've tried to go out of my way sometimes not to, to brag or anything, but like I'll see somebody in a wheelchair and she's a girl. Like I'll, I'll try to just be nice to her and let her know yeah. that she's pretty or whatever, just because it's like any little thing can help keep someone alive. Yeah. And people don't realize that. Right. Like even just saying hi, like to someone that's having a bad day or something. You could have just made their whole week or their whole month because that may not have happened to them. Right. And, and it's not even when I say keep them alive, and I've said this many times, like it's also keep like if, if they have a sickness, let's say they have cancer. Well, the first step is to want to fight it. And if you don't want to fight it, your body's just going to go with it in most cases. Yeah. Um, and so you have like you have to want to go through these things and you have to want to fight. Like I said, if I didn't have my family. And my friends and all the things that have, all the people have come through my life and, and have impacted me, I'd be dead. Whether it's putting a bullet in my head or it's just my body shutting down one way or another, I wouldn't be around. You'd still be dead. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I, I constantly, whether I interview them or I, you know, I, I'll thank them in an episode or say certain things. Like, it's because it's, it, they are the only, you know, they're like the heartbeat that keeps me moving. And I have to give back every chance I can, not just to the disabilities, but to the people that have gotten me here. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, I, I take credit, too. Like, I, Obviously, I am who I am. But, you know, you have to constantly give love and, and respect to the people that just helped you along the way. Even if it was just one person one day said something nice to you. It's like, man, you got me through a week. Yeah. You don't realize what you did and how big of an impact it was. Right. And I did a depression episode where I said, like, you don't understand, like, there was days where I was walking around Philly just so depressed and, you know, not and just not having any self-worth. And and I started to do these little exercises to help my social anxiety by just going up to people and saying, like, hey, how are you doing? And, and even if they don't say anything back, you know, it was just for me to work on my anxiety. But and there were people that were just super rude. And there was just times where I just, just like you start thinking these awful things about them or 
yourself uh-huh. and you just it's like man like i just want to throw myself in the middle of the street the street's right there i should just do it no one's gonna give a shit yeah and that's you know and that's it's unfortunate like you don't want and again sometimes we bump into people who are having a bad day themselves maybe their mom died or something and that's unfortunate yeah. but there are just a lot of assholes out here who just don't have any common sense or any care in the world for anyone but themselves or, or the person with them yeah life revolves around them and them only right and it's it's just those things and it, it's so unfortunate because we like i said there are so many people right now that are walking on a tightrope and are ready to fall off and they're just waiting for one person to just kind of grab their hand but it's a lot of times it doesn't happen and there's a lot of people killing themselves especially now i mean look at the crazy year that we're in yeah um suicide i believe is up and it, it's unfortunate you know, we're, you know, we we don't address a lot of these things, especially mental health. We don't address it in the way we want to. We only talk about it when somebody shoots up a school. or, or Yeah, something. or someone kills himself or right. that sort of thing. And my grandma is very adamant. She, she argues with me. She's like, I don't have any form of mental health. Like, Absolutely you do. You grew up in the Great Depression. And, you know, you have all these, she has plenty of issues. And she's a great woman. But we uh-huh. all have some form of depression. We have all some form of anxiety or, or some sort of mental health, one way or another. Yeah. And I just you just have to come to terms with it. Yeah. Instead of pushing it away or not accepting it, that sort of thing. Right. It's uh yeah, it, it's like I said, it sucks, man. Um yeah, is there anything else you want to say, man? Like I said, I'm you, you said you don't have you didn't have many friends. You got a friend here, like I said, you can come on anytime and uh, Thank you. We will talk anytime you want. Like I said, I'm, your number's in my phone. Uh, I'm not deleting it just because you gave me, you know, a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, like I said, I just wanted to share your story. And like I said, I didn't even know you. I barely knew anything about you. And I'm just happy we did this because it turned out really good. Yeah, I loved it. It was great being on here. Yeah, like I said, uh, I'll let you know. I I have a few more coming out, but I you're probably uh-huh. going to be, I'm on 20, so you'll probably be about 25. But I trust me, I will let you know when it's coming out. It'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, awesome. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'll text you when we get off here. And like I said, even if you want to talk some more, just off record or whatever, I don't give a shit. But uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm happy we did this. And like I said, man, if you ever need anyone to talk to, I'm around. Perfect. Thank you so much. Same goes to you. All right, brother. Thank you again. Thank you. Oh, hold on. You still there? Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your website? You said you had a website. Uh, yeah, it's uh, lionhousefitness.com. And then you can find me on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook at uh, Lionhouse Fitness as well. Okay, send me that in the text message. And when I put the episode up, I'll put it in the link. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. All right, I'll do that. All right brother. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye.